Episode three or four, depending on the order we actually decide to release it in. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm not sure which story to tell first yet. Uh, what are you leaning towards? Uh, I'll resume in episode four, just to make it easier for my brain. Episode four. Because we're recording this as episode four. We're recording it as the fourth one, as you heard from the man himself. So again, introduction. I'm Mac. I'm Ola. And yeah, we're, today we're going to talk to you about the journey of coming to Canada. So. How we even got to what would be the beginning of the previous episode where yeah. we talked about our journey so far and like how our careers went and how we got into the line of work that we're working on now. And now this is how we actually got to even have that opportunity, I guess, the, the platform, the foundation of it all, yeah. which was coming to Canada from our respective countries. So as a reminder, I'm from Tanzania, Ola's from Nigeria, both had to go through the typical education, immigration and make our way over here. We both landed in Newfoundland, and then from there we started building. And yeah, today we'll, we'll tell you kind of the, the history behind that, how, how that all happened. We can even talk about why Newfoundland, because that's usually a pretty <laughs> rare, a rare choice in itself. Yeah. I honestly didn't know about it before we started. Um, but yeah, I, I'll tell my story when it's my turn. But yeah, Ola, I'd love to hear your story, man. Let's, let's begin with you. Newfoundland. Uh. My story started from London. London. Yeah. Okay. And it actually started when I was like 10. So what's your tie with London? Yeah, well, first of all, UK, Britain, yep. they colonized Nigeria. Yeah. So yep. I think Nigeria has a bit of a Stockholm uh, syndrome where it comes to that. they just keep going back to London. <laughs> so I have a lot of family there. There are a lot of Nigerians in the UK in general, yeah, right? I have a lot. It's like my second home. Well, yeah. yeah, one of them now anyways. Yeah. But yeah, it's, um, I have a lot of family in London. And at that time, my sister used to live in London. Okay. But yeah, even, um, it actually goes back all the way to I was 10. Okay. So when I was 10, um, this was after a different story. But my parents split and then my mom had to raise us. Yeah. We, could, we barely had enough money. Yeah. Um, I used to, I was a dreamer, right? Yeah. So... I used to tell my siblings yeah. that none of us was going to school in Nigeria. And my, they used to look at me like, this kid is delusional. So, okay, let's, <laughs> let's actually talk about that a little bit because that's usually the catalyst for anybody even emigrating for education yeah. purposes. So I think that's a useful backdrop to, to go into a little bit. So like even at that age, you knew that you didn't want to go to school in Nigeria. So like. How did you arrive at this and like how are you thinking about that? I have no idea. I had, you know, I have already a family that lived there So I oh. knew that I knew people there, but I don't know. I was just I was just a different weird kid Yeah, like the way my mannerism was not very, didn't fit in with Nigeria. Yeah, I didn't eat a lot of Nigerian food Yeah, I was always eating like pizza and like yeah. fries like even when we didn't have a lot of money in yeah. Nigeria Yeah, so my mom always said Well, my mom didn't say much. Yeah but she just let me do my whatever I wanted to do. Yeah. But anyone that met me, like my cousins and everything, they, they always told my mom, they're like, Ooh, this, this kid this doesn't kid, belong yeah. here. <laughs> What's going on yeah. with this kid? Well, yeah, I used to tell, I don't know, it was just very clear in my mind. Like, yeah. it was like, I could see it. Yeah. And I actually laughed uh, a few years ago because the image that I was seeing, it wasn't exactly the same, but it was like, it happened. Yeah. It, was, it was crazy. That's interesting. Like, you can call that manifestation, but yeah. 
it's it's wild how that how much that happened. Yep. But yeah, I remember one night I was telling my siblings and they were all laughing. They're like, man, like, what are you saying? Get away from here. <laughs> and I went and told my mom. Yeah. And my mom was just like, oh, is that what you what you think? I was like, yeah. And she's like, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Pray that it happens. Yep. Like she never discouraged anything. She's just like, whatever you want to do, yeah. we'll find a way to make it happen. Make it happen. So then I, you know, lived my life, went to high school, blah blah blah. Okay. Uh, then when I was 13, I started spending my summers in the UK. Okay. So I would go, um, I would, I spend more time in the UK than Nigeria actually. Okay. Like I will go there as soon as I finish exams in Nigeria, you if I even get my results back. You would be out. I'll be out. And so this would be your holiday break. Yeah, my holiday break. School. Yeah. And like your cousins and stuff like that at this time, are they also kind of out of school at the same time? Sometimes they, they haven't. They are not out of school yet, so okay. I'll just be at home hanging out, playing video games or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And then there's a little one that was, um, it was like five or whatever, mm -hmm. or six, I don't know. Then I used to like pick him up from school because yeah. his older brother is like an hour away. Yeah, so, so that's some different. Yeah, so I used to be like, I would drop him off in school, yeah. drop him home, so. And then I'll watch TV all day, watch Disney Channel. <laughs> okay. um, and yeah, that was my that was my summers. And uh, the school would resume like three weeks a month before I resume. Because I was like, um, I, w I was a troublemaker in, in school. Like I was one of those kids, I would read the entire textbook. Yep. And then I'll be asking teachers like yeah, silly quizzing questions. them instead. Yeah. So my mom, <laughs> I guess she kind of figured out a way like to make me, you know, just stay behind so that I have to play catch up mm. instead of um, disturbing people. <laughs> so that worked. So I, I, end I ended up spending more time in the UK, I guess, than okay. I was in Nigeria. Okay. And and at that age when you're going over to the UK, you're obviously noticing some pretty big differences between back home and like the and the UK. Did you did that reinforce your desire to go study somewhere else? Like how did that early experience with the UK affect like yeah, I guess your your imagination of the future? Um it actually ruined it. <laughs> I didn't like, I didn't enjoy my time in the UK at that time. Because yeah. my aunt, we are good now, but at that time she was super strict yeah. and I just, she made me dislike the UK. Yeah. She was so controlling. Yeah. So I didn't want to, I actually didn't want to be there. Yeah. But I know I didn't fit in in Nigeria as well. So I was in this very strange world where I didn't fit in anywhere. I didn't fit in Nigeria. Mm -hmm. And when I go back to Nigeria, I had a British accent at that time for some reason. Yeah. And my Nigerian friends used to make fun of me like, oh, who do you think you are? You know, you think you're better than us, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So I didn't fit in with my friends that much as well. Yeah. So I was in this limbo. But anyways, um, I did finish high school. Um, I barely even paid attention to my entrance exams to go to university because I knew I didn't want to stay in Nigeria. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what the next move was, yeah. but I just knew it wasn't Nigeria. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I didn't know, I didn't want to go to, the, to London. Yep. And I went to New York yeah. and my uncle in New York, uh, he mentioned I can you know, stay with him. Yep. That sounded like a fun idea until one Friday night, we went to freaking night vigil. <laughs> what, 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 night vigil? Yeah, like I don't know if you have that in Tanzania, but in Nigeria, where you like stay up all night praying. Nah, nah, I yeah. don't know about that. Maybe some people do that, but I've never been a part of that. Yeah, it was like this: you stay up all night praying, and yeah. I was there on vacation, yeah. and there I was all night praying, yeah. and I wasn't like very religious even at a young age. Yep. So even though my family was very religious, you know, Christian, Muslim, whatever, mm. but I just it just wasn't for me. Yeah. So I was just like, no, this is not it. I'm, yeah. I'm not staying here. So I went back to Nigeria. Yeah. I didn't know what I wanted to do. At that time, I picked up 
a bunch of softwares, you know, uh, I mentioned that last time, yeah. you know, uh, Photoshop, Maya, Autodesk, yeah. um, music production stuff. So I, that was what I was doing for my pastime, just making friends over the internet, yep. um, just making beats and whatnot. And I had a girlfriend then who was, she was my girlfriend in high school. Yep. And we actually broke up because she was moving. Part of the reason was because she was moving. Yep. And she was moving to Canada. Oh, interesting. And I didn't have any idea what, I knew what Canada was kind yeah. of. Yeah. But as, as not a really. <laughs> yeah, I, and I have an uncle, a cousin. Yeah. I knew I had a cousin there, but you know, I didn't think about much about it. But anyways, um, yeah, she said she was going to Canada, you know, so we, you know, it wasn't gonna work. I was sad at mm -hmm. that time. Yeah. And then my cousin came to Nigeria and he came to visit. And I was telling my mom, he was like, oh, once again, back to the thing I said earlier on, it was like, oh, this kid doesn't fit air. Yeah. Like you have to find a way to, you know, make him go somewhere. It's like, yeah. oh, you should come to Canada. And then my mom was like, oh, maybe she'll talk to me. And then she talked to me and I was like, Can't, wait, Canada? Wait, then I talked to my ex-girlfriend, I was like, wait, where are you again? She was like, Canada, I was like, oh, perfect, time me up, I'm going. At this time, I thought Canada was a, a small country. <laughs> Please, you could actually I was thinking it was like this tiny country. So she, she was um, in Hamilton. Yep. And yeah, so I was like, okay, fine, I will go to Canada. Yep. But the problem was at this point, um, I had been home for like a year after yep. high school. Yep. I actually finished high school at 16, yep. but this time I was already 17. And yep. I don't know, if I felt like I was old at that time. But yep. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm thinking about it, like yeah, so young. Like, yeah. Um, but yeah, I didn't want to stay too long. Um, my, I had actually applied for a Canadian visa mm -hmm. to visit. I got denied actually. Yeah, yeah I don't know why. Visas. Yeah, I got denied the visa. We're, we're talking about visas a lot, I'm sure. Yeah, I, I got denied the visa, which makes no sense because I'd been going to the UK a lot. I'd yep. gone to the US, yep. but I got denied. So my cousin, as a friend or had a friend at that time who was in Newfoundland who ran a travel agency. Yeah. So okay. my cousin was like, oh, maybe he can help you reapply. Mm -hmm. And so we ended up engaging the guy and yeah. then through the process, he was like, oh, I know you want to go to Calgary, where, which is where my cousin was. Yeah. But instead of waiting till September, mm -hmm. you can actually start earlier because Memorial University in Newfoundland, where I am, yeah. they have spring admissions uh, so if you want to start yeah. in may you, you can, can you can do that as well mm -hmm. so i ended up applying to memory university yep. i got admission yep. and my visa came in april okay. and canada said i it expired three weeks from then Whoa, so i didn't even have time to think do i want to go to newfoundland or not it was just like i literally had three weeks to get out of nigeria wow. to go to newfoundland okay so yeah. So your visa would allow you to stay in Canada longer, but you had like a three-week window to make a decision. My stu I study permit and visa. Uh, so your visa, my visa expired in three weeks, which means I have to be in Canada in three weeks gotcha. or it expires. Gotcha, But gotcha. my study permit was like three gotcha. years or two years or whatever. Okay, yeah, yeah, I'm following. Yeah. Um, so I ended up coming to, um, actually, my visa, my study permit was a year and the reason for that was because my passport was expiring. Uh, okay. So there was a complication there somewhere. Yep. Uh, I even had to like get an extension or something. That was it was it was madness. Yep. So, anyways, I ended up. I didn't even tell anyone. It was like on my way to the airport. That's when I ended up calling my friends, telling yeah. them that I was moving to Damn. Canada. Things were happening quick. Yeah, I didn't even tell my girlfriend or ex-girlfriend at the time who I was going to meet in Canada because yeah. I thought you know I was going to surprise her. Yeah. Yeah. So I ended up looking on Google, 
looking at Newfoundland, <laughs> yeah. uh, Canada, seeing what I would expect. Yeah. Uh, all the pictures that I was seeing was Vancouver. Yep. So I thought Canada was going to be Vancouver. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so then I came to Canada. The right away I got out of the airport, I was like, oh my god, like, this, <laughs> What's is going not, on? this is not the Vancouver that I was seeing. <laughs> but okay, whatever. Um, I ended up just staying there. The plan was to stay there for like um, one or two semesters yep. and then transfer to Calgary. Calgary. But then as soon as I came to Canada, I realized that um, that complication with my passport. Yep. So I had to like renew that and figure all of that stuff. So I was like, okay, maybe I'll stay for one year, yep. figure that out and then move to Calgary. Yep. I got to Newfoundland for the first time in my life. I was free. Remember, I wasn't that free in the UK. Yep. In Nigeria, my mom was kind of protective as well. Yep. So I, well, yeah, I had a freedom. I was this 17 year old about to turn 18. Uh, you know, I ended up DJing. Yeah. I was living by myself, so it was life was good. Yeah. So I ended up just staying in Newfoundland, and yeah. one thing led to another. Uh, tough times happened in life. Yeah. Uh, I ended up in a relationship yeah. and so many things. So I had reason to stay in Newfoundland over yeah. the years, and before I knew it, I was there for ten years. Yeah, time flies, huh? I was there for ten years, yeah. and then yeah, once I got my. Uh, permanent residence and yep. I got my first job in tech yep. I after a year or 18 months of working there I transferred over to um, I came to Vancouver which so, was the so original promised land yeah <laughs> the one you saw the images yeah the, the one that I, the Canada the, that was sold to me the vision board one the vision board Canada yeah so question about the permanent residency yeah what program did you use to get to, to that well when I was done with Memorial. I also started my company, yeah. so that was the I can't remember what it was called then. I started with my co-founder. Yeah. I can't remember the exact name then, but yeah. What's the name now? I can't remember, but that was when they were encouraging people to stay after university gotcha. to start businesses. Gotcha. Yeah. Mm -hmm. okay. Not provincial nominee because I didn't want to stay in. Yeah, because that would lock. That's that locked you there, right? Down, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I had the same kind of conundrum. Did you do provincial time. nominee? Um, no, I didn't. But yeah. I will tell you as I tell you my story. Um, so for my, we actually have some similarities in the story yeah. quite a bit. As you were telling it, I was like recognizing some parts from my story as well. So I went to high school in Tanzania, and the high school that I went to was this. Uh, it's called International School Moshi, which is like a very like mixed school. There's a lot of like kids from expats. Uh, expats, for those of you who don't know, are essentially international people who come to countries for one reason or another you can find them anywhere I'm sure there's ex expats yeah oh, cool. uh, it stands for ex expatriates or something like that I don't, I don't really okay. understand the history of the term itself but it refers usually to like um, international people coming to a place and um, just like living and working there we're technically expats but they don't typically use that term for like anybody other than western culture people Right. Like expats are usually like the miners who are like living in Tanzania, but they're really like from South Africa or from the UK or whatever it may be. They call them all expats. But a lot of them were actually like um, UN representatives and things like that. So I went with a lot of, to school with a lot of kids who were like uh, their family. That's what they did. They're like UN people and they like usually moved around a little bit from station to station. Some people like came over and um, were managing some factories that were there and their kids would go to that school. So it was like a mixed bag of a lot of different people. Like one of my best friends growing up was Nepalese, just to give you an idea oh, wow. of how random yeah. some of the people there was. 
And a lot of the teachers there were Canadian, funny enough, and uh, they were in Tanzania for one reason or another. But the inter international school, it, it's like there's a bunch of international schools throughout the world, and a lot of them are usually teachers from different countries, and they, I think it's pretty easy to transfer from school to school. So that's how you end up having a pretty international teaching group that's yeah. there. But for, for some reason, a lot of Canadians gravitated to like Myowan, ISM. And yeah, so I had some idea of what like Canadians were like, but I didn't really know much about Canada. Like I, I wasn't exposed to a lot of that stuff at the time. So anyhow, I digress. I was going to this school. I was aware of Canada somewhat. Um, I graduated when I was about, I was 17 when I graduated. But at the time, I actually wanted to be an architect. So I applied to a bunch of schools for architecture school. Um, and I got into two schools that are of significance. One was Savannah SCAD, Savannah College of Art and Design. And that, that's in Georgia, in the US. And then I got another one that was UCT, which is University of Cape Town. So I was trying to make the decision between the two. Um, and UCT, accepted me like but it was a uh, I don't know what you call it it's like on condition so it was like an exception but like I had to provide a portfolio for them for the architecture stuff right. and then I'd be able to go in and they're also southern hemisphere so they start in February so like keep that in mind because that'll be relevant for the story okay. then Savannah is like typical uh, September to May type of like year mm. so I was thinking if I, if I wait to go to South Africa like It'll take a, a bunch of time, and I'm not guaranteed a spot there. But then Savannah, Georgia, going there, it was going to be 50,000 USD a year. Damn. Yeah. yeah. And, that's, and then I got a scholarship from them, but it was yeah. like 10,000 a year. So it was still $40,000 a yeah. year. And like for my family, that was just way too much. Yeah, you'd have to work your ass. I would, it would be insane to, to try and cover that fee, to be yeah. honest. And we were like trying to make, see how we could make it happen. But it just wasn't like a reasonable thing for us to do. Um, yeah, it's harder when you're coming from, like, you're making money in, like, say, the African countries. Yeah. And then you got to come spend USD. Yeah. That currency <laughs> exchange rate is not in your favor at all, right? Wow. So, anyway, so Savannah didn't really work out. So, I was left with, like, the UCT option. Hmm. So, I started putting together my portfolio. Um, September comes. It goes by. I haven't really heard anything. Then November comes, and they reject my portfolio. And I am crushed because this is my whole plan. So I graduated, so in 2011, I graduated May of 2011. So September 2011 has gone by. It's now November 2011, and I've just been rejected. So like, I don't have a prospect. So like you were saying, you know how like you had the gap year after high yeah. school? I went to do a gap year, essentially. Yeah. So I had to figure out a plan for next year, but I didn't really know what that was going to be. So I ended up just working with my dad for a while. So I went to Zanzibar and I was just like working with him on his business, trying to help out where I can. Okay. Basically, I was an office clerk. Honestly, right. I was like somewhat good with computers as well. Yeah. So like I could help out with like oh. the record keeping and things like that. And so I was, I was doing that for a while, learning my, my ropes and things like that. Then I, I did that for about half a year and then I came back to Moshi to spend some time um, with, with my mom. So we were hanging out and she's like, you know, like this college counselor is, is help is volunteering to help people who you know haven't been placed yet who are in your ear you should go and talk to her so I actually remembered her quite well uh, her name's Beth Beverage actually shout out to her because she Beverage yeah Beth <laughs> Beverage um, cool name yeah 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 
like their family actually had a pretty big influence on mine in the end um just through helping me like trying to find a place but yeah she was married to another teacher who was at my school as well who had taught me chemistry so like we had pretty good rapport me and the husband mm. and then when she came on as like a college advisor um like he put in a good word for me and was like you should try and help him out and blah blah yeah. so she had actually helped me out with that whole savanna stuff i forgot to mention that earlier but like savanna and uct she helped me out with that but then we lost contact when that fell apart and then when i came back my mom was like remember her yeah she's still helping people like go and talk to her so i went over there started talking to her um she's like okay so what are your goals like what do you want to study and then i on that during the gap year i had a lot of time to think about that like what what do i want to do and i realized like my skill set were in math and physics and i wanted to find some sort of way to apply that and of course be in a career that would be high paying so naturally engineering came became the choice just like okay so you you want to do engineering um let's let's look at the options for you mm-hmm. so she started talking to me about like going to school in the US going to school in Canada for the first time and I was like I hadn't really considered that and then the UK was obviously an option as well so telling me about all these different options um and then she started telling me about the different schools in there and two really stood out to me because they had co-op so there's Memorial University and there was uh Carleton University which is in Ottawa and that also does like co-op terms and so I was immediately intrigued like okay so I have to find a way to cover the first year but then after that I can start to help support myself through co-op so it was very attractive to me and then I was like okay I'm interested in these two like when what when can I know more about them and she's like well you're actually in luck because the mom somebody is coming from Memorial University to talk about Memorial University here um and I was like what are the chances that she's like yeah they're coming in like I think it was like 10 days or something like that I can organize it so you guys go to dinner and she talk to you and some of like the uh, D2 students which is the last year of high school you can talk to all of them about this so she comes um and I meet her and she's cool she's super helpful her name was Shauna shout out to her as well she's a big help and she's like okay so I'll put in a good word for you like when you apply and all this kind of stuff like it, it'll go really smoothly like getting into school will be absolutely like there's no issue and she was right because i applied a few months later got my acceptance um they gave me a little starting scholarship as well it put the school at a very like uh affordable range for my parents That's too That's pretty cool yeah so it worked out really really nicely um so me and actually a couple people who were in D2 we all got that acceptance and we decided to all come out here around the same time so now i i i know that i'm going to school there and this is i think uh June or July and I'm supposed to start in September. So I start the process of applying for a visa to go. So I need a temporary residence visa and I need a <coughs> study permit. I apply for both first time by myself just like no help or anything rejected. I don't like <coughs> yep. immediately deflated. I don't like bro. What are the chances of this like I go through all these struggles trying to figure out a place to go we finally land at something that everything will work out for and then at the last step they're like no you can't. So Anyways, one of my friends turns out she had gone to school immediately after high school. She had gone to Switzerland for school, but then she didn't like it so she was going to transfer over to Canada to study something else. So, she was also looking for a visa same time. And me and her friends like we grew up like I've known her since I was like 3 years old or something when I really started school. Um and her dad had heard my situation of like me having tried to apply myself and it not working out and she's like and he told her, "You know what? Invite him over and we'll talk about it." 
so this guy just invited me to lunch and me her and her dad went to lunch we just started talking she's like yeah i'm trying to go to canada as well i'm about to start applying we have a connect in nairobi which is in kenya for those of you who don't know mm-hmm. which is really close to moshi it's like four hour bus ride something like that oh that's close and um she was like yeah i'm, I'm going to be applying through this agent and it's like agent like how it's like yeah there's these agents that help you make sure that the application is like tip top and that it won't get rejected by the time it gets sent mm-hmm. over and they have like a relationship with like the Canadian embassy somehow and blah 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 and it's like I'm definitely interested at this point so we start working on the application together and i had to go do a few things in nairobi so this is like the first time i'm like traveling away from home by myself wow. to just go and do this shit yeah. i remember taking the bus over there to nairobi yeah. for a while for like 2 days so scared. But it was it was a pretty scary experience i i had gone in within tanzania quite a bit like going over to Zanzibar by myself or something like that like a quick like day trip yeah that's fine cuz like there's somebody on either end of that trip somebody's dropping me off at the airport or the bus and then somebody's picking me up on the other side mm-hmm. so it's like you're not really by yourself that for that long yeah but this is the first time I'm going staying at a hotel interacting with all these people by myself I don't even know these people really that well you know so I was pretty yeah I was pretty freaked out but it, luckily um my friend's dad had had hooked it up really nicely so that like the people that I would have to meet were like knew what I'd come there for yeah. and like who to take me to next and blah 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 so I did all of those things I sent my application this is now like August so I'm like if this application doesn't go through I'm missing the start date for the semester pretty much um and then days go by days go by days go by I don't really hear anything they they and then message me and like okay um but time for the next step like you need to come back to Nairobi to do your health check as you know as part of like the yeah, visa thing the medical so i go back i do the medical again i don't hear anything and now it's like one week out before i was supposed to start and then i get something like i get a call or an email or something like that to alert me that like there's a package for me from DHL and i go in there sure enough i've been granted the visa wow but now i got to like basically wrap up my affairs cuz I'm losing hope at this point I'm like yeah. yeah it's a week out it's probably not going to happen I'm probably going to have to go into like winter semester or something oh, like right. that Oh right yeah it was so yeah, close it was too close so I was like ah, it's not going to happen then it came and then it was just like yep everything that you're doing now like all your friends that you know now blah, 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 like wrap up your affairs basically yeah. in a week so Same managed thing. to get a ticket had to like basically just get all my shit together know where we're I'm um, going to end up in like Newfoundland so I had to figure out accommodations yeah. and stuff like that at school. Yeah, same. Did all of that stuff super super quickly. It's crazy what you can do when like the oh, yeah. the time crunches on. And then it was like okay, time to go. So I packed up. I remember I didn't even have time to process anything that was happening after I got accepted. That week just kind of like flew by as I was doing everything. Yeah. Then on the last day I was oh shit, I'm about to actually like leave home for a Lord knows how long like I don't have a return right now. Yeah. I'm just going out there to figure it out. Dude, I didn't take all of my summer clothes. I thought I would I wouldn't need that. Yeah. Right <laughs> yeah. yeah. Did you come co- prepared for the cold though? I wasn't prepared. Uh, I was absolutely not prepared, man. I remember I had like a hoodie on or something like that yeah. arriving in Newfoundland in September. Oh, I, I arrived in May, but yeah. Newfoundland May was still cold. Yeah, was, man. There was still snow everywhere. Same <laughs> well, there was no snow in September, but I remember it being like frigid like i remember coming out out of like the terminal and frigid weather man but anyways so i arrived at like 4am on the day i'm supposed yeah. to be admitted into school so i just ended up staying at the um at the airport for like 6 hours waiting for them to actually open it did you stay in res 
Yeah, but the res admission started at like 10 a.m. Right. And I arrived at 4 a.m. that morning. So I was just like yeah. sitting there with my bags. But a lot of people were in this similar situation, which is interesting. So I met like some people who were from Brazil and stuff oh, nice. like that who had just come over as well. And then, yeah, then basically school happened. So um, I, the situation with the passport was actually the same situation I had. So like oh, my, really? my study permit, <laughs> so my temporary resident visa, yeah. all of them expired halfway through the yeah. degree yep. because that's just how long my passport yeah. was yeah. for. It's tied to your passport. So I remember having to go through that process. Um, I had to go back to Tanzania, renew my passport, get the visa again. Come I mean, back dude, I, just, I, I just reported my passport missing. Yeah? It was just easier. Oh, <laughs> damn. <laughs> That's smart. <laughs> it was just easier to yeah, report missing. So then you just get a new one. Yeah, then yeah. when I got a new one and yeah. got renewed and I returned it and then they put a stamp that says... Um, the extended date. Yeah that, yeah, that shows that I have another passport now. Yeah. It was just easy. They told me to do that because I explained my situation. And yeah, then and like, yeah, the just person at uh, the passport office was like, dude, just, yeah. just report just it. get rid of that, and man. Send it. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, That's thank you. smart, man. <laughs> Um, so anyways, I, I, I'm now like in school, having renewed my stuff, renewed it. Then the first visa that you get, just so that this is like educational as well for people who are trying, the first, uh, the first visa that you get when you're in Canada is the temporary residence visa. Yeah. And then you get a student permit to go with that, like yeah. if you're, you're going to be in school. Then after the student permit visa, so I started with that, I ended up needing a, a co-op visa so I could work yeah, I got while as a student. And then after the co-op visa and all of that, and you're done school, you need an open work permit. So you can kind of work wherever you want. Um, that was a new one, by the way. It was by the time I was doing it, it was new? Yeah, oh, by, okay. yeah it only started in 2010, 2011. Oh uh, yeah, right around the yeah. time I would have come. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't a thing in 2008. Uh, okay, yeah. so, but when you were renewing after school, did you have to, was that a thing already now? Uh, like you, the open you, work permit? No, you had to get one that was tied to like your program or something uh, like your work permit. And if you couldn't, you had to work on campus. So right. I, I wasn't doing a co-op program. So oh, I, 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 I mean like a, I mean like after school. Oh yeah, the, it was a thing then. Yeah. Okay. It was a thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Then you get it open. So you do your school stuff with your student permit, your like closed work permit. So like um, like all I was saying, like you can work at the school or you can work within your degree yeah. and then after that you after you graduate you have so much time like this this study permit usually extends a little bit past your graduation date so you can like your got status still but then you need to start working towards like an open work permit which would allow you to work wherever you wherever you want and then you might have to extend your your visa your temporary residence visa because mm -hmm. usually it's tied to when you're done school so I had to go through those application processes. Then I, when I got that, it was like good for three years or something like that, I, I, I imagine, I think. Can't remember specifically. But during that time, that's when, like from the previous episode, if you had heard that, I was like, working for a, a startup and things like that. And they actually were, they became super clutch because they registered under um, a designated employer. So through them, they could, "Quote unquote sponsor you right. applying for per permanent residency, and then at the time too, a couple of things came together because they introduced the Atlantic Immigration Pilot Program, yeah. where they were trying to encourage people who had gone to school in Atlantic Canada to stay in Atlantic Canada. Yeah. So they made the PR process easier for yeah. those people. Um, so I actually missed an easy opportunity to do it uh, right after school. They had like a 90-day period where you could." apply through a graduate program mm -hmm. like so you just finished school then you can apply and you can get your PR that way 
but I actually gone traveling and then I went home and by the time I was back oh, uh, it was past the 90 days oh, so sucks. I couldn't even use that so I had to go through like um, a skilled worker type application yeah. and that's where like my startup came into play because they helped me like um, they basically said yeah this guy has a job here he works full-time this is his career this is the path we're nice. thinking he's gonna take and blah 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 and then I applied for permanent residency through that and then once you have permanent residency, you don't even have to bother with permits anymore, yeah. which is like probably the biggest benefit. Like after you get to PR, things are a lot smoother after that. Whereas before, people are asking you like if you apply for a job, they're like, Could, do you, yeah. can you work? Like do you have legal status to work? You're like, yeah, I have a work permit. But that work permit has an expiry date. So even as an employer, they're like, should I invest in this person or should I just get somebody who can definitely work here for a long time? You know, it's a, it just makes it a bit more difficult for them to pick you versus somebody else. So after getting PR, things get a lot easier. So yeah, I finally got that PR and it, was, it wasn't like, uh, it didn't lock me into Newfoundland. So it kind of opened up the rest of Canada in a way as well. Cause I was kind of worried with the work permit when I moved, like what if it's hard to get a job here, for example, yeah. then I'm kind of screwed. Um, so I didn't want to risk it at that time. But once I had PR, I was like, you know what, now it's, I'm, I'm a lot more free to take risks and see how yeah. things work out. So yeah, I ended up taking that same risk and I ended up here. Then recently I just started the application for like citizenship um, after 10 years, mm -hmm. which is wild. Like you live at a place for so long and then finally you're, they're like, okay, yeah, this guy's been paying taxes for like 10 years. Yeah, yeah maybe you, you could get a passport and enjoy some of those benefits. But yeah, it, it can be a bit of a long journey. To make, then. Tanzania then, versus Canada. Then I've one? got a massive decision. All of us doesn't have the same conundrum. Nigeria luckily allows for dual citizenships, yeah. which I think every country really should, um, especially in this day and age. Like yeah. everybody's so international these uh -huh. days, so like why not allow that flexibility? But uh, my country, Tanzania, does not allow for this. Um, so if any Tanzanians are listening, lobby, 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 lobby. We need dual citizenship. People go to the U.S., they study, they make money in the U.S., then they bring those USDs back. Yeah. Like that can only just be a good thing for the country. I don't know why they don't allow that well i know one reason but anyways it's not it doesn't they don't want outweigh. brain drain oh we gotta do that topic someday brain, brain drain, drain of the countries in africa yeah and also um they don't want too much foreign ownership so like if you mm. move away like say I'm, I'm here in canada now but i own a bunch of houses there and i can like leave my money there and things like that or say I'm like renting those houses the money is actually leaving the country not going into the country okay yeah so they're kind of like worried about that stuff but I think they're actually worried about it in a bigger scale too where people own buildings it's actually kind of a, a similar situation we have here in Canada Vancouver, yeah. we have a lot of people like the reason housing is really expensive here is like a lot of foreign investors yeah. have houses here um, and then they basically rake in the money and drive the cost of living up here, even yeah. though they don't live here themselves. You know, it can be a bit of a struggle. So, yeah, anyways, for those reasons, I cannot be due citizen. I'll have a pretty tough choice to make coming up shortly. But, yeah, that was my journey with Canada, man. Some yeah. similarities, for sure. Yeah, very similar. Yeah. It's interesting how when I was going through my passports renewal thing, yeah. It felt like a very unique experience. Like I was so frustrated because none of my close friends had that issue. So it's interesting to know that you had a similar issue as well. Yeah. Yeah, I had, to, I had to come up with like solutions and like the Nigerian passport. I don't even know who the person was, but thanks whoever that was. Yeah. You had to get clever. They had to, to help you out. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't an easy journey, man. I had to get clever many times to, to keep renewing, yep. to keep... 
making things happen. And some things come down to a person, like an agent oh, yeah. or somebody working at the, like the embassy yeah. or something like that. It's really strange how these things happen. Like, it, it can so easily go left. Oh, yeah. If, so, if somebody is like wanting to be in your way, they very yeah. easily can be in your way. I, I had to learn how to dance around people's egos. Yes, and man. So much, man. Yeah, I mean, I, I thank my, uh, <laughs> my siblings for that. Yeah. When I was younger, they, they used to, anytime they needed anything need from my mom, yeah. I was the one that yeah, they the sent moderator. to get everything. I was always, they need <laughs> yeah, anything. the diplomat. Yeah, they're like, go get it. Go make it happen. Yeah. They don't, so from a young age, I never had to learn. It's now that I'm older, I'm like, oh my God, like it's hard for some people to do this, yeah. like negotiating. Yeah. It was always- It's something that you had to do. Yeah, second, second nature. Thanks to my siblings. They yeah. probably thought they were like, you know, let the, let my younger brother go yeah. do this thing. But, but you're picking up skills. Teaching skill, you're yeah. picking up skills. <laughs> Negotiation <laughs> is a key skill. I don't um, know that. Yeah, that's how, man. I wouldn't be in Canada if I didn't know how to negotiate or sweet talk my way, whatever you want to call it. I don't know if it's like a topic in and of itself, but it's definitely something I think we'll end up talking about um, as part of these discussions because negotiation plays such a crucial role in so many different areas of your life. Yeah. Um, and it's a very underrated skill to be able to gauge somebody, understand where they're coming from, l learn like where, like what your objective is, and like how to like yeah. shape it in a way that it's a win-win for both of you, and all this kind of stuff. That that played out in so many different scenarios throughout life, not just like trying to get to Canada, but like even trying to get a job and things yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, it always comes up, and I'm always happy to have had like earlier experiences to like try these things out and like, yeah. understand them a bit more. But yeah, like I, I'm missing like parts of the story, like details of the story. But people played like crucial roles in that. Like my friend's dad, for example, yeah, absolutely. No. Like none of this would have really happened without him. Wouldn't really happen without like my, um, my college advisor hmm. and Shauna too, who was like the Memorial University representative. That was literally the first year that they had gone that far east in Africa. Like they had hit Nigeria before. There were some Nigerians at Man before I got here. They had hit Zimbabwe before. And this was the first time they went all the way east to Tanzania to okay. like showcase. So, like I maybe wouldn't have even had like that endorsement from somebody right. when I was applying. So, timing and things like that worked out really well for me. Yeah. And then, then all of this like the visa coming in just in time for me yeah. to go, like a lot of really close margins in order to make something actually happen. Yeah. So I'm always like when things happen, even if it's bad news, like the UCT thing now that i've gone through situations where like bad news has happened yeah and then another door has opened now i'm like a, a bit like, obviously i get upset when things don't go the way i expect them yeah. to but after that initial kind of reaction i always try and remember some of these stories like oh, that's remember good, that's remember when thing. this happened and you thought it was like the end of the world but then it actually led you to this like other yeah. completely different path like with UCT or Georgia, if I had gone to that, none of them would have given me co-op. So right. I would have left school probably in debt um, yeah. and a lot of debt at that. But because of co-op and all of that stuff, when I left school, I was actually in pretty good shape, you know? So like when one door closes, another opens, man, every yeah. single time. So yeah, I like to think back to those moments and realize, you know, even if something looks terrible, 
chances are something better is waiting for you. Interesting. Yeah, yeah I still haven't seen my ex-girlfriend. That was the reason I came <laughs> yeah. to Canada. You gotta, yeah. you gotta we're we're still really front. good friends now. <laughs> yeah. uh, but yeah, I realized that Canada is huge. Yeah. And Hamilton is not close to Newfoundland. And even Newfoundland is not close to Calgary, where my cousin was. Nah. I didn't see my cousin until 11 years after I was in Canada. Yeah, like, damn. That's how crazy everything was. Yeah. But, you know, it's, I'm glad I still talk to her and tell her, you know, I'm glad, you know, she gave me the reason to come here. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's helped me in so many ways. Yeah. Oh, I didn't mention something when you asked me what gave me the idea to want to not school in Nigeria. I forgot to mention. Yeah. I had a lesson teacher who was not really a lesson teacher. He ended up being just more like a mentor. Yeah. Like, or coach, I should say. Yeah. Like, he didn't teach me anything, but he was always, like, giving me confidence. Like, no, you know it. You yeah. can do it. Yeah. Like, you can... Yeah, 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 so it was, uh, yeah, part of the, I guess, the effects they had on me then yep. was they had, there was this Cadbury competition for like kids to write letter yep. and then you go to London and I was like seven or eight yeah. and he just told my mom that he encouraged me that I should write an essay because I was always really good at essays yeah. when I was young yeah. and he was like, yeah, like you should write you should it enter. and should go and I didn't win, I didn't hear back from Dan, yeah. but I just like put that idea in my head yeah, and to then compete, the like vision just here. became clear in my head and yeah. I didn't shake it off ever after that. Yeah. So if stuck to it and made it happen. Yeah, if man. you never you know, if you never did that, yeah. I don't know if that whatever my goal would have been. Yeah. I still talked to my mom a few weeks ago about that actually. Like yeah. I told her because she didn't even remember. Yeah. I was like, Do you exactly. remember when this time was just yeah. like, oh really? I was yeah. like, yeah. She was like, oh my god, I totally forgot. Yeah. I was like, I probably wouldn't be here without this guy. Right. And I have no contact with him anymore. I don't yeah. know where he is. It's, like, it's wild, man. Yeah. It's wild the significant role some people can play in your life, and you don't really know it at the time, but then later when you're reflecting, you're like, wow, like that was that was the re that set me on this course of this path, and yeah, shout out to all those people and like. There's many more. There's a big list of people who have just had this sort of oh, yeah. influence on on both of our lives, yeah. trying to get us to this. To, to this change spot my now. life, man. Because he he actually I didn't like him. He was a strict teacher, yep. and everyone didn't like him. Yeah. And I remembered when he came when he talked to my mom. It was like, oh, this kid is bright, blah blah blah. But he's always like troublemaker. Because yeah. I was just I was bored. I didn't know that at the time, yep. but I was just always anxious. Like just wanted to do something. I was I, I was just. I wanted to do something. Yeah. So it was just like, yeah, there was all this energy. Let's just divert it into something. So yeah. it started like teaching me and yeah. yeah. And it ended up being one of the best things that happened. Um, well, shout out that guy as well, man. Shout out. Yeah. yeah. Shout out to him. Yeah. <laughs> Wherever he is now. Wherever you are. We hope you're doing well. But yeah, man, that's that's our episode. That's how we, we got out here. As always, like, if there's like a forum for us, to, you know, I actually don't know how we're going to roll this out yet, 100%. I don't know if there's like some situation where, you know, they could write some comment their stories yeah. and things like that. We could talk about it. But in case you can, comment and we will be engaged. <laughs> you think I'm joking. My, uh, my um, tactic or not tactic, but my plan yeah. to promote this is please don't listen to this. Yeah, <laughs> don't, don't do it. <laughs> it's like, please but, don't listen to it. But if oh. you did and you made it this far... <laughs> Bless you, man. We appreciate you, and we'll see you in the next episode. Yeah, let us know if you listen to this. Yeah. yeah. And tell us your stories, you know? Let us know kind of like what your journey is, what close calls you had. Always happy to hear how people got here. I was excited to talk about this topic because I didn't know all a story to this degree. So it's good to hear like how, how things worked out for you. And the, it's funny the similarities in some yeah. of the cases as well. 
Yeah, eventually, hopefully, this becomes a platform where we can find, you know, people's journeys for certain things like yeah, 100%. passports or what, I don't know, whatever. Yeah, man, I'd love to bring other people out here, how yeah. their career stories went as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah let's, let's make that happen. Sounds good. Stay blessed, and we'll catch you in the next episode. See you next time, following Jams.